You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is What's Up in Drama Land with Anissa Parma and a special guest. Hi, I'm Parma and welcome back to a new episode. In this one, we talk about industry news, December drama releases, do a shout out and read out a few listener emails. We also have our very first ad <laughs> and as it happens, it's a book and Anissa and I love reading romances and Saya is an incorrigible consumer of thrillers so it kind of worked out you'll see why and moving on we have a request of our listeners so at the end of every year we record a year end yak it's basically a retrospective we talk about dramas we loved hated themes we discovered we just make up random awards that we want to give different actors or different stories and that's it we have some fun but this year we were hoping that our listeners would want to be a part of the year and yak and so we ask you guys to send us voice notes tell us about dramas that made this year better for you maybe you discovered a theme a story really resonated with you an actor jumped out at you a character just felt like they get you something that made 2020 a little bit better for you so record those thoughts in a voice note that's 2 minutes or less and email it to us at dramasoverflowers@gmail.com make sure you get it to us by 28th of december and we'll choose as many voice notes as we can and put them in the episode we are really excited about this we really want to know how your year went because for us three it was you guys you guys made our 2020 bearable so thank you and as always we are still patreon supported so please check out our patreon page at patreon.com/dramasoverflowers and thank you our listeners and our patrons and now for a really smooth segue into an ad this episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Alexandra Ivy intended victim New York Times best-selling author Alexandra Ivy gives us a terrifying and exciting novel that's pure romantic suspense about what happens when a vicious serial killer vindictively goes after the woman who rejected him. When lookalike cops start piling up, one Chicago cop makes it his mission to protect that woman, his former fiance, and he'll stop at nothing to put the villain behind bars for good. This is classic creepy serial killer suspense with a dashing hero in law enforcement and a feisty heroine aiming to stay out of the killer's clutches. We think this book would appeal to fans of I Remember You, City Hunter, Tunnel, and anyone obsessed with romantic thrillers like me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Intended Victim by Alexander Ivy wherever books are sold. Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. Hi everyone. This is Anisa. This is Parma, and today we are doing What's Up in Drama Land with a special guest. Yes. Hi, this is Just Me. Hi, Just Me. And we've had Just Me on before for a What's Up in Drama Land, but it's been a while. I don't know. It's been like a couple years, right? I I think maybe a year and a half, two years. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, but we've had her do a guest post on the on the blog recently on More Than Friends, which was really good. So you definitely check that out if you haven't. And she's a drama fan and a pharmacist and a friend of ours. So we're really really happy to have her with us. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. 
So before we get into the news for this month, we had an email about our previous What's Up in Drama Land about the story that we did about mobile, like Kakao TV and all these mobile streaming dramas that have recently come out in Korea. It was actually from my sister, Zainab, who's also been on the podcast before, but she is. I think I, <laughs> I cited how she's like Gen Z and so she knows more about like what the youths are watching, but she actually had some really interesting things to say about this. So I'm just going to read out some of her email. So she says, in terms of the mobile TV thing, this sounds very similar to TikTok, which can be up to 60 seconds. Yeah, we were unsure about how long TikTok is, but she says it's up to a minute. There are a lot of what are essentially mini web series on TikTok now, not just POVs, which were popular for a while. American Baron and Nicholas Podany make some very interesting content. Not as sure about Korean celebs, but a lot of American celebs are on TikTok now, which makes me wonder if having shows backed by star power is such a big competitive advantage. Since apps like TikTok, Instagram, and even YouTube, where I've noticed a lot more Korean influencers and even celebrities, like, for example, Park Bin Young has a YouTube channel, are free. The reality TV thing in particular seems very similar to stuff I've seen on IG, IG Lives or IGTV. And she was also saying that one of the benefits of YouTube and TikTok is that they have really large, like, reserves of content creators. And so, like, we were talking about this, is that how, like, instead of having, you know, one team that's creating stuff, you have millions of people and out of millions of people like of course you'll have you know you could make like one really amazing video and so you have this endlessly refreshing you know pool of of talent and she was saying also something that I hadn't thought about which is really smart is she was saying I feel like the benefits of money are less beneficial in vertical aspect ratio when higher production values are less noticeable and things like elaborate sets or filming locations don't have as much of an impact so, you know, like, why fly to the Eiffel Tower when you can use a green screen to achieve a similar effect kind of vibes? Yeah. So and, and it's like literally anything for any taste on there. So, yeah. Thank you, Zainab, for that. Thank you, Zainab. Really thoughtful email. Yeah, she very thoughtful. I, 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 I agree. I, I like what she points out. Yeah. She was also mentioning that, like, because we were, remember we were talking about how whether this is something like the vertical aspect ratio is something that like some audiences will be more comfortable with. And she was saying that younger audiences are more comfortable with it, but they also have less disposable income. So mm. would they pay? So, so yeah. That and with short form content apps so far, the ones that have made any kind of made a hit with the public are the ones that have been adopted by people who can create their own content, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or, you know, there is this, what was it? Was it Vine? Vine was really popular. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Imploded. Vine. <laughs> the point is that all of these are short form content uh, platforms and pre-produced or, you know, produced by companies, content that's created that way is they're always slower to get the production done because obviously it's not like they can simultaneously do like 500 different pieces whereas 500 content creators can create 500 different pieces so that there is choice niches developed that production companies can't even imagine and if those companies learn to play within those niches that works out really well for them but it's unlikely that a few companies would be able to think up niches that letting i don't know a, a few hundred thousand people create their own content would i mean they're just far more likely to land on more creative stuff that would resonate with people yeah and like companies can't 
pick up on things in the zeitgeist. Like they'll be like, oh, this is popular. And then they make a movie about it. Like that comes out three years later and you're like, yeah, pretty much. Nobody's talking (laughs) about this anymore. Like we don't care. We've moved on. Yeah, that's cringe. (laughs) I can't believe there aren't, there aren't like tons and tons of movies that that talk about, you know, TikTok in some way. It's such a huge phenomena. I bet it'll come out like two, three years later when people have either moved on to Instagram reels or I don't know, something else has come up by that. Yeah, there'll be something yeah. else. I was li- I was reading this, uh, reading slash listening to the audiobook to this book called Because Internet by Gretchen McCulloch, who's a linguist who deals especially with like internet language. And she was saying that like her book just came out, I think a few months ago. And it's basically about how people use language on the internet. And she's like, I knew as I was writing this, that something new would come out that I wouldn't be able to talk about in my book. And it was TikTok. And she's like, I just knew there would be something, but I didn't know what it was. And so she's like, I didn't bother trying to like be up to date because I just I knew that wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to happen. So yeah, who knows? In two years is like, it's like a generation in internet time. So pretty Uh, much. Yeah. I, I I mean, I haven't jumped on the TikTok trend yet. So I always like to be, I, I, I pride myself in being always a, a bit late on the trend. And I always hope secretly that the trend will die down and then, oh, well, I didn't need to adapt the new trend <laughs> anyway. So we're back where we started and I was there before you guys. So <laughs> yeah, I was hoping that would happen with Instagram. I only broke down and got Instagram like three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> just in, I was like, uh, I was really hoping I wouldn't have to get Instagram, but what can you do? Yeah. So one thing that we wanted to shout out is we have a wonderful listener, Liliana, who has created a Discord called Asian Drama Watchers. And um, she invited us and I think some other podcasters. And she just wanted to create a space where people can have discussions about all sorts of topics about Asian dramas. But it's like a little bit sort of maybe a little safer and more comfortable than just putting it on Twitter. So we wanted to give that a shout out and we'll put a link of how to join in our um, podcast show notes. Um, But yeah, if you are a Discord person and you would, and that sounds like fun to you, um, you should definitely check it out. It sounds like fun to us too. Um, We're just not always the best at keeping up with Discord, um, but we're definitely going to be dropping in. So thank you for creating this space, Liliana. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Liliana. We are a bit intimidated by um, how fast chats go in Discord, but um, <laughs> yes. we're trying, we promise. <laughs> yes. Man, I feel old. Are you allowed to feel old when you're 32? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel you. <laughs> Okay, so we got another fantastic email. So uh, listeners might recall that in our last WhatsApp in Ramadan, we were discussing how the Korean um, uh, TV industry, have uh, drama industry has kept on filming throughout the pandemic uh, through severe restrictions. And we were wondering how they managed to do that. And um, we'll probably get into it a little more uh, further into the podcast. So we got a really interesting email from a listener who works in the UK uh, television industry. And um, I'm just going to read out a part of his email. Uh, Anissa, it's really uh, informative. And so, you know, start quote. As you probably already know, in parts of Asia, it's normal to wear masks even when it's not a pandemic. And all shows filming in all countries throughout the world paraphrasing here, (laughs) have a COVID department and depending on the budget of the show, 
test co-crew, like the director, producer, assistant directors, cast, lighting, camera, makeup, costume, and certain other members, you know, who interact with the actors on set. They do this at least twice weekly for COVID and have systems in place so that they split the tested and the non-tested extras, which are the people in the background, as well as the crew. Also cleaners, there are people who disinfect and clean locations before filming takes place, during and after filming. So they take every precaution. Actors are all in a separate bubble and wear masks from the moment they come out of their vehicles until uh, they go for a take. During rehearsals, they also wear masks and not just the cloth ones, but proper medical ones. So thank you, listener. This was really interesting. One of the reasons he, uh, he felt compelled to write in is, I think, because we were talking about how the crew, and especially in after production, you know, those, those group pictures that they do with, with the entire production crew and cast, we see that the crew is wearing masks, but not the actors. And we were wondering why that is and if that's unsafe. So um, I think that's why he felt compelled to write in. And we really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, we definitely don't have the industry insider knowledge, you know, so it, it's really appreciated that you said this in this like detailed sort of breakdown of how people are actually managing to still continue filming things during COVID. So yes, highly, highly appreciated listener. And if you're wondering why we're not saying the listener's name is because he requested to remain anonymous. <laughs> so we're not just <laughs> ignoring and not crediting the listener for their amazing knowledge. Yeah. And we're like really happy that you guys do brighten when you think that we need some extra information because you're right, we do. And we depend on you guys to help us out in this way. So thank you. Absolutely. And we have really smart listeners. So we always really benefit from whatever you send us in. So yes, definitely very, very appreciated. That's like a very unsettled uh, way of us asking you to send more emails, by the way. Please do. We can keep you unnamed if you like, or we can credit you uh, with a pseudonym if that's what you would prefer. Just let us know and we are always happy to comply. Yes. So our main story for this month is kind of a bummer, but you know, it is kind of, it is kind of what it is. So there's been a few reports in the recent, recent weeks about how the networks are expecting to produce a lot fewer K-dramas next year just because of the ongoing pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I think for the broadcast networks, they normally produce at least 12 a year. And now they're saying they're going to they're going to produce less than 10 each next year. Yeah. And, I, you know, like, as you probably know, Korea never had any lockdowns and they were able to like they were able to control things really well without doing any lockdowns. But in the last couple of weeks, think like the cases have started to rise. And so and there's been a lot of, you know, a ton of dramas that had to like stop production because there was one person in the cast who was exposed to someone or somebody who tested positive and they like halted everything. They tested everyone. They you know, took some time off for broadcasting. I think Penthouse and The Spies Who Loved Me, there were a bunch of a bunch of dramas that had to, you know, pause and come back. But they were also saying that they're it's not only the pandemic that's causing this. It's also because like consistently over the last, you know, at least 10 years, they've just haven't been seeing the kind of ratings that they used to for these, you know, expensive series with big name stars. And so because an increasing number of young people don't even watch TV and would rather watch like short form web based series that they can just watch on their phone anytime, they're just not making 
it's just not worth for them to spend that much money on something with like really high production values. Like, for example, It's Okay to Not Be Okay, which was like super expensive and beautiful, only got, you know, like four to six percent ratings throughout its entire run. So and that was like Kim Soohyun's comeback after five years. So and I noticed as well when I do the the summaries for or like when I put together the doc for the upcoming dramas every month, like as time passes, I'm seeing a lot more web dramas just on the list for like upcoming dramas, which I never used to see those before. And I mean, we don't talk about those on here because it's not really a it would be watch (laughs) a long list. No. And also like it would just be a really long list. And and a lot of times these are the actors are people we don't really know. A lot of times they're idols or they're like rookie actors and it's like their first role. So we don't really have much to say about it. And they're not often extremely high concept or very fleshed out in terms of like what the subject matter is. So like we just we have a rule where we, it has to be at least like six episodes for us to you know mention it. Do you yeah. watch these shorter web series? Just me. Are you are you a fan of them? I, I did watch one of the 18 series, but I find them straight to the point and sometimes very cringeworthy, <laughs> very cringeworthy. But you know, when you know, when you're in these phases where you don't want to watch something that requires very, very much commitment mm. and you want something like they just tell us instead of showing. Right. They don't them. have the time to show us. <laughs> you just yeah, exactly. get your 20 minutes. Right? <laughs> you just get your fix right into your face. <laughs> like, like oh, your... wait, they, that was a bonding moment? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> sure, let's let's say they were in love. That, that, was a, that was a bonding moment. So that's what they are. You know, I really don't mind that they're going to be doing less K-dramas with the pandemic. I, I actually don't know how they kept it up during the pandemic. Yes. Oh, I don't either. Uh, yes, their their situation might be different from where I live, but I, I honestly don't know how they, they kept it up. I'm hoping that just means less quantity and more quality. Yeah. And yeah. I think the only concern here is just that a lot less people are going to be employed. So that's no. the that's the really the only downside. But you're right. Like, I don't even know how they've continued to like they there's been a bunch of movies that were that had to cancel their shoots because they were planning to shoot in like Jordan and Morocco and things like that, like Korean movies. But other than that, like they've still been producing things like yeah. things have still been coming out, like missing one week of broadcasting or two weeks of broadcasting is like nothing compared to the way that we just have like no TV left in the U.S. anymore. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> they're just having like zoom specials and like there's this new program called love in the time of time of coronavirus and like i I don't even (laughs) want to know about that i don't want to see it it sounds horrible oh my Um, god that was a punchline in like march they were joking they made it they made it and i and they have like this like rom-coms where like everyone's on zoom and like the entire thing is just made on zoom like that's our life we don't want to see that so yeah i like kudos to them for for being able to film my alma mater had a they have this arts and an entertainment series and sometimes they have alums from the entertainment industry come and give talks so we had a zoom talk a couple months ago with some of the writers on blackish and grownish and they were saying how they've just the cast has just formed a bubble and they just decided to like film one episode where they talked about COVID. And then after that, they just kind of went back to like their regular type of storylines because they were like, we want this to be something that you can watch for many years to come, not something where you're just like, oh, like this was all filmed during coronavirus and like we can never watch it again because like <laughs> who wants to see that, you know? We're, we're getting a bit off topic, but, you know, I, I, I watched this American show called Bull. 
And they had one COVID episode. And then the next episode, what they do is, I think they do it really well, where they'll, they'll film, if two, if two actors are in the same scene, they'll film them two meters apart. And if not, they'll, they'll just film one person at a time talking to each other. So you know that they're socially distanced. So I find that very interesting. I was reading this. I don't know if you're familiar with the TV critic who writes for Vulture, Catherine Van Erendonk, but she wrote an article a few days back about how she's like kind of disturbed by the way people are wearing masks on American TV. And she was basically saying like she doesn't really know what's going on because like most of the time they're not wearing them properly. And she's like, I don't know if I don't want them to wear masks at all or if, if that'll give me less anxiety or if it'll give me because she's like it's really anxiety inducing to see all these people walking around like it's hanging from one ear or like it's down here under their necks or I mean like what's the point is it just you know and then she was like but then if I'm watching a medical drama like it feels really disingenuous to just not talk about coronavirus if you're filming a medical drama and it's like shooting live during this time especially because the main actor from The Good Doctor which is based on the Korean drama I think it's in its second or third season now. He was like recently tested positive for COVID and they had to shut down production. So like I wasn't sure, but I also feel like it matters that these are American TV shows because like I don't trust. I'm sorry. I just don't trust that Americans are doing a good job with anything <laughs> regarding to, like we, I see people, you know, around me, like the area where I live, people are being careful, but it's just it's a mess. I mean, everyone knows what a mess we are. But so I feel I feel less anxiety when I watch K-dramas because I I have more confidence. I mean, I'm sure there are also Koreans who are not taking all the precautions that they need to because like we're all human beings and many of us are just tired and some of us are not interested in science. But like I have more confidence, let's just say that they're they're doing their best. And I'm sure there are productions here as well where they're really trying. But I just I don't know. The rate is the rates of infection are so high here that I just feel like you, you how can you even be safe? Barma, you sent us this story, right? I, why don't you talk about this, the, the Kim Ji Hoon story? One? I've forgotten what I said. Oh, Alana, we check. Oh, this one. Yeah, I, I found it hilarious. Okay, so next on our um, K News item is this ridiculous story that I came across a few weeks back. So this happened in early November. Actor Kim Ji Hoon, while he was shooting this reality show, which is called, I, I wait, I. Oh, Home Alone. It, it was called Home Alone or I Live Alone. And uh, while he was shooting the reality show, I suppose he was like kicking back at home and he <laughs> was pirating uh, a show raised by wolves, like an American TV show, which does not stream in, in Korea. So he was just like, I, I think he was either watching it like on a illegal stream or, you know, torrenting. <laughs> but that was caught and viewers really, really hated on him for it. They came down really hard that, you know, how can you... You, as a person who's in the creative field, steal another creative body's work like this. And so he came out and he apologized. He was like, I behaved in a way that did not respect copyright, despite the fact that I'm an actor. I will work really hard to become an actor who's more careful about his actions. Once again, I apologize for causing discomfort. I was just going through the comments and the comments were really split. Some of them were like, yeah, he should apologize. He's an actor. How could he do this to fellow creatives? And others were like, he was just 
doing the same thing that the rest of us do but to korean dramas <laughs> for once the korean was streaming american stuff can we just appreciate this as like a glimpse into real life and not make this such a huge deal i just found it i i just found it funny because on the one hand i understand the discussion around piracy completely it's why if i can ever if i have the option to pay for uh, a service and watch a drama i'll always choose to do that but i also find the utter outrage at finding a <laughs> korean actor streaming an american tv show just just slightly yeah especially from this fandom which literally began from at in a time when you couldn't find anything <laughs> legally like like 10 years ago you could not find anything streaming legitimately i mean yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny the next news that we were going to talk about what was it about oh it's okay uh, we can do the news articles and then uh, you join us on the upcoming okay uh, unless you have strong opinions no no <laughs> no so this is just an update in the last uh month we talked about how space sweepers which is the new song Junkie, like blockbuster about them being astronauts and stuff they had said it was postponed indefinitely but they've decided to actually just put it exclusively on netflix they haven't announced the date yet but that's a uh, change because i think they were just hoping to push it as much as possible and still release it in theaters because it's like a really big budget you know fantasy space yeah. whatever but yeah that's not happening and so you know that's just more more pandemic stuff yeah which is a responsible thing to do but i've seen the trailers several times and i can kind of understand you know the production people feeling sad about it because they clearly put in a lot of money to create yes. those sets and, and those... It, it's it's something that would look good in a theater for sure right so, it's it's yeah. clearly space opera so yeah if if i had the chance to watch it on the big screen i would have preferred that too but since i was always going to watch it on netflix <laughs> it <laughs> does not affect me <laughs> Or do you do you watch Korean movies just me or are you more no, of a drama? No, that's that's why I'm I'm staying quiet. I'm not I'm not I if I it's if it's a popular movie I'll watch it, but of late I haven't had because I feel like a movie requires a, a two hour commitment, whereas a drama you have like a, an hour that I can free in my day that I'll watch it. I also have a very short attention span, so movie thing movies as of late as of two three years are not my thing. So I hope I wish them best and at least you know the work will will be will, will be they will be able to get the fruit of their work on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah and and it's like in some ways it's sad but in other ways like the whole world can see it. So yeah. that's nice as well. Yeah. And the next thing I just wanted to bring up that The Masked Singer or the original Korean title is King of Masked Singer now has versions in 31 countries. So um, it was really wow. weird a couple of years ago when I saw like all of the American like media commentators that I follow being like, have you seen this Masked Singer thing? I'm obsessed. And they were like talking, they were doing like weekly recaps about it. And, they were, and I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> Why are you... <laughs> Why are you so into this? But yeah, apparently there's like a UK version. There's a like a there's so many versions in so many countries. And now they're doing like Fox is doing a masked dancer mm -hmm. in in the US. So that's like a spinoff series. But it's a great coronavirus TV show because right? <laughs> you, you just you were already wearing a mask. So I guess My, that's a 
Yeah, my brother and I were like, we're joking about it. They, you know, they, they were way ahead of us. They knew that it was going to happen and they've made the perfect show for it. But I feel like um, Koreans are, are way ahead of the game when it comes to reality and variety shows. Yeah, I mean, sure, in the States, you have everything that is TLC that is like trash and I adore it. But I feel like variety that has come out in the Korean TV has expanded what what real reality tv really can be you know it's not about drama but it's about real reactions and about real people doing real things and i'm i'm, I'm off on a tangent but the ma- the mess i'm i'm glad that you know that they're adapting the korean format but the korean format will always be the classic i yeah i agree with you on t- in terms of like what korean variety does and mm-hmm. and how it really pushes the boundaries of like what reality quote-unquote I feel like that doesn't even totally cover it but yeah it's really creative and it's really smart and it's always playing with that like meta space where like whereas I feel like American reality like the screen is a pretty impenetrable barrier but in Korean variety the viewer is kind of in on the joke like you kind of they acknowledge oh yeah this is staged like sometimes you'll be watching something in one night and two days and then they'll suddenly pan to the staff and you see like the entire wall of staff and they're just there and like the pd is interacting with the cast and they actually like include that in the in the program so it's like very very interesting Mm -hmm. and i feel like it respects viewers more instead of just being like yeah this is definitely how things actually went down and you're like no it's not (laughs) we know that there was (laughs) like you know people like sort of egging on drama behind the scenes but you're just sort of selling it to us as like this definitely all happened organically on the bachelor sure yeah (laughs) yeah and the next story is just a small update we talked about the produce x 101 scandal i think it's been almost a year maybe where they had manipulated the votes for like some people at mnet had manipulated votes so that certain contestants actually got to the final um rounds and other contestants got eliminated where they shouldn't have been um eliminated and and then people were like mathematically like this is impossible so the people the two people who were who were responsible for that they had been sentenced and then they took it to appeals and it went all the way to the supreme court but the supreme court actually upheld their the judgment that was made against them and the sentencing and mnet has also said that they're going to compensate the people who were unjustly eliminated and they've actually revealed their names they said we're not going to reveal the names of the people who were sort of whose numbers were falsely inflated because it's not their fault and they still were like sincerely competing thinking it was a fair competition but we do want to say the names of those who were eliminated you know unfairly so and we're going to compensate them so i think that's a good way of of dealing with it because i don't think it would be good to expose the names of those who like wouldn't have no, won otherwise yeah. yeah so you know you like you watch korean dramas and you're like okay this this story is staged but then you hear stories like that and you're like oh shoot this really happens in korea so yeah. <laughs> truth is stranger than fiction a lot of times yeah. Yeah. Now let's go into upcoming dramas in December, which I say this every month, but this will probably change tomorrow. You know, we're recording on November 29th, but because of the pandemic. So like two dramas that we talked about previously, Cheat on Me If You Can, which is the literal title is like, if you cheat on me, you'll die, has been moved to December 2nd. And True Beauty has been moved to December 9th. And those were originally coming out, I think, in October and November. And there's This is not a drama, but I just wanted to mention this because we talked about an increase in female-led variety shows in our What's Up in Drama Land, like two What's Ups before this, and it's called Running Girls. And it's about 
a group of like female idols and celebrities who have decided to just uh, do like running and other outdoor activities together. And it's supposed to be like a showcase of beautiful natural running courses and also kind of like a bonding sort of female friendship kind of kind of show. Um, so they have Sunmi, Yu Chu from Luna, Exits Hani and Chang'e. So I only know Hani and Chang'e, but both of them are amazing like mm -hmm. variety personalities so i feel like it's probably going to be really entertaining so that's i i think the show will be really fun you know like I, i've i've watched a complete sixth sense show i don't know if you guys have watched it and i loved it i i laughed out loud you know how you just smile sometimes but i was actually laughing out loud i would take like i would uh, send some clips to my friends it was who don't even watch korean variety and they laughed so i feel like uh female showcases have not been uh, have not been showed enough on tv and i i hope i'm excited to see what this is going to give for sure so let's get into the dramas <laughs> all right the first drama that we have is uh called love struck in the city which is actually something i'm a little excited about air date is from december 8th to January 15th. It has 12 episodes, which just makes it better and better. <laughs> the cast of this drama has Ji Chang-wook and Kim Ji-won, <laughs> which is, you know, very exciting. Also, Kim Min-sook. I'm not sure if that's a second lead, but I guess we will get there. Let's dive into the description. Love Struck in the City is a realistic portrayal of young people who pursue romance and happiness while struggling to get by in a busy, competitive urban environment. Park Ji-won is an honest man, a passionate architect, and a lover of city alleyways. His hobby is collecting more hobbies. A romantic at heart, he cannot forget a certain woman. This thief of his heart... Okay, why... This thief of his heart and his camera had disappeared like a fleeting midsummer night's dream. I suppose this is like one of those situations where they have a meet cute and then they don't see each other for a while and then they suddenly meet again. And apparently she stole his camera. It's an ordinary woman who temporarily reinvents herself as a spontaneous and free-spirited Yunsona. She takes off to a remote place on an impulse and falls in love with Jaewon under this new identity. Ah, okay. Yeah, the entire plot seems very uh, simple thereon. Because it's a good thing it's only 12 episodes. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I'm actually happy because unless you have like a really interesting concept behind your romance, I think just straightforward romantic stories should just stick to 12 episodes because if you give them more than 12 episodes, they pull a dodo so so la la Oh, yeah. I did not finish that yet. I'm not, oh, I'm not finished. I will say no more. <laughs> I heard, I saw, like, I saw a spoiler out of the corner of my eye that was like, I didn't like the ending. And I was just like, I'm not looking at that. I'm not. I ducked, I ducked you, into it one week till this yeah. morning. And now you might want to stop after episode 12, episode 14. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Episode 12 is the perfect ending. Just stop. Yeah. Pretend nothing else ever happened. Yeah. As for Love Stark in this city, I'm I'm bit a bit wary because you know Ji Chang Wook's two later latter works that shall not be named were <laughs> extremely horrible. Kim Ji Won, I've only seen her in um, Fight My For My Way, so I'm not too I'm not too attached. So I will see what I will I can do, but I'm I'm seeing right now that it'll be on Netflix, so that might incite me to watch it even more. 
This isn't even the regular, you know, what we say, what I always say is the perfect length of 12 episodes because it's only a 30 minute episode. So it's no, actually 12, like 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's more yeah. like six episodes. So I think that's like a good, short, nice, like tight rom- romantic storyline, which will. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I I agree with just me that Ji chang has had like an entire run of really terrible drama choices. And it's not even that they were, they failed because some of them, as we know, did pretty well, but were problematic as hell. So yeah, let's just really, really hope that this one, even though cliched, turns out to be, you know, just sweet, romantic, six episode drama. Maybe that's what we need from him right now. It might be, it might be borderline web drama when it's like six episodes, but you know, if you don't have much yeah. content, uh, it, it might be good. But you know, I'm not expecting for big character development, and that's what I like, and that's what I look for, and when I'm watching K dramas, otherwise, I'm just watching a movie. Mm. But you know, we shall see, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and also. To be honest, aside from Athra Chronicles, which through no fault of her own has just become the longest running Korean drama ever at this point. Oh, (laughs) though there was also (laughs) Love Alarm. It's competing for that spot. Aside from that, I I really like Kim Ji-won. I loved her in Airs. I adored her in Fight My Way. So she's also really really good in Descendants of the Sun. Also, Descendants of the House. She's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't uh, see Mr. Sunshine, so I don't know. But I'm pretty sure she was amazing because she's a really good actor. And she's actually really good in Artal Chronicles. And when they air the second season, I will watch it mm-hmm. for her more than anyone else, to be honest. So there we are. I- I'll-, I'll watch Love Struck in the City because I have I still have a tiny bit of hope for Ji Chang Book. And I really, really love this actress. Yeah, if I do watch this, it'll definitely be for her. He's kind of in the doghouse, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but but if you if you watch it and you say he's he's good, then we can welcome him back now that he's romancing an age appropriate woman. Um, <laughs> I'll be I'll be excited to see to see your comments on it, and I will decide from there. The next drama we wanted to talk about was Hush. It's an office drama about newspaper reporters and their everyday struggles, problems, and ethical dilemmas. Han Jun Hyuk is a veteran reporter for a newspaper. He first became a reporter to pursue justice, but he is now conflicted between idealism and pragmatism. Han Jun Hyuk must also deal with personal issues as a husband and father. Lee Ji Soo is a bold intern reporter who isn't afraid to say what needs to be said even during a job interview. When she meets Han Jun Hyuk as her mentor, she begins to dream of becoming a true journalist. So I'm getting a a diary of a prosecutor vibes, you know, like a slice of life vibes from this show. And it's the first time I hear about it. And I honestly probably won't watch it, but it does look interesting. And it might be one of those hidden gems, you know, right? Yeah. Especially JTBC, it might be one of those like, oh, it's it's underrated, but actually really good. So we'll see about yeah. that. And it stars Hwang Jung Min and Im Yuna in the main roles. And I don't really know Im Yuna, but Hwang Jung Min is a great actor. He's he can like make you believe anything. Seen him and also little make little you cry. Bit. You yeah. haven't seen him? I, I have seen him in a little bit in this uh movie uh, earlier. What was the name of that movie? Something to do with a spy. Was he in Hambando or maybe that was somebody else? Peninsula? Uh, was that him? Oh, uh, uh, 
yeah, he was in Korean Peninsula, but I didn't watch that. So uh, the one I'm talking about is a Spy Gone North, and uh, I watched a bit of that movie, and he, I, he, I remember him from there. He does a lot of action movies. Yeah, he said I, I can that see after that. he got married, his he didn't want to do romantic roles anymore, <laughs> <laughs> out of respect Aww. for his wife. Yeah. So, but I saw him in this remake of a. I think it was a remake of a Japanese drama that I also saw where he's a, an ordinary man who pretends to be the husband of like an A-list actress. Ooh. It came out in 2009, so it's a little bit of a throwback. It came out like right when I had started watching dramas. Is that, a, like, is that a drama or a movie? It's a drama. It's called That Fool. Oh, I see it right here. Yeah. yeah. Or, or it's also known as The Accidental Couple, but the literal Korean title is like while I was looking. But he... He he's like this really simple, naive, like extremely good hearted person that always takes like gets taken advantage of by other people. And she's like, you know, a, very beautiful and very, you know, like very famous. And in the in the beginning, he like pretends to be her husband so she doesn't get into a scandal, okay. like to protect her reputation. But then like they actually fall in love. The the heroine is played by Kim Ajung. But I don't know if you can find this right now or if it's like available, but it's like a really nice, heartwarming drama. And it he really sells that character and makes you love him. So I'm sorry, that was a total tangent, but no, I no, really, that, that's really great. Love that I'm show. just looking up pictures from that drama right now and it looks utterly adorable. It's completely it, I love adorable. the fake marriage trope. I love it. Same. <laughs> Me too. Marriage yes. of convenience, yeah. contractual marriage. Totally. Fun. Yeah, it's one of my favorite, honestly. But I have wrote like a whole article about it once about as like my catnip. But I think you're right just me about how it's it seems like a slice of life that could be really good if it if they end up executing it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only imbu I mean, I I just I kind of I mean it's unlikely to have a romantic angle to this one, right? Yeah, no, because... but I, I kind of like that. It's a breath of fresh air when there's no romance sometimes, yeah. right? Uh, sometimes you want it. Yeah, you don't want that romance. cheap romance, but... Uh... No, no, no. I, I oh, because there are certain... <laughs> it's hey. Yuna. I was like, well, who is this M. Yuna? But it's Yuna from Girls' Generation. <laughs> 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 Sorry, guys. <laughs> Okay, that's what you were laughing at because I was like, Anisa is really incredulous that I don't want a romance. (laughs) No, (laughs) makes sense, I guess. I am also incredulous about that, but Uh (laughs) yeah, sorry, I didn't recognize her in the picture either. I was like, I don't know this actress. Yeah, but I, I think she's grown as an actress. Like when she first started acting, she was terrible, but she's she's done well in some roles since then. So. I just really like the poster of this drama. There's just there's just something about it that just makes it seem like it could actually be kind of like funny and intense at the same time. And I guess we'll find out like once we watch the trailer. I haven't. Is the trailer out? I don't think the trailer is out yet. But this is the same writer that did the Korean adaptation of Suits, Kim Jong-min. That's not a good thing. No, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't think so. So that's... Well, mm-hmm. we'll see. Okay. The next uh, one is something that I can speak for all of us. We're all really excited about this. It's called Mr. Queen, or the Korean title is Chorin Hwangu, but it's about, I'll just read it. In the present day, Jang Bong-hwan works as a chef at the president's blue house. He has a free spirit, but his spirit somehow finds its way into the body of Queen Kim So-young, played by Shin Hye-sun in the Joseon period. King Cho-jung who's played by Kim Jong-hyun, has secrets. He seems like a figurehead who's gentle and easygoing, but in fact, he hides his strong aspects. Queen Sun-won, who's played by Bae Jong-uk, is the late King Sun-jo's wife. She wields the true power in the country and thus relegates King Cho-jong as just a figurehead. Kim Jong-un, 
played by Kim Tae-woo, is Queen Sun-won's younger brother, who's extremely ambitious. So, like, have you... I think we've all watched the trailers for this, right? I have. <laughs> sometimes twice. <laughs> They're well, so funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> Several times. Yeah, you could just keep watching them. Like, I... Shin Hae-san is a comedic genius. Like, we, we already knew that, but this seems like an amazing role. For Have you all seen her in Still 17? You know, like the... Yeah, yeah. we love that show. We, talk, we talked about that. We, like, consistently bring that show up on yeah. the podcast. So she, I'm, I'm, I'm sure she can, she will nail the role of a man in a woman's body. I, she already nailed it in the trailer. And we all know the, the male lead who was in that crash on... Crash landing, crash landing on you. He was in Crash Landing on You, yeah. And, and School 17. And, you know, he he's hilarious. He's or, so he good. Waikiki. So I'm excited. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't in... Oh, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. 17. He was the male lead in School 2017. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this... I am so excited for this. Like the... You can tell they have a really strong tone and concept. I, I don't... I haven't really watched any of the stuff that this writer has done other than Biscuit Teacher and Star Candy, which is from 2005. So like... It's really good, though. I loved it, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, her, their most recent work was Dr. Prisoner, which I heard was pretty decent. It was also um, pretty good. I've watched about half of it and then gave up for no fault of the drama. Just there were other stuff to watch. <laughs> the the, but, the yeah. thing I want is that I want this show... You know how... Uh, the, this is a Seguk, right? So mm-hmm. usually Seguk's are more you know deep i want something lighthearted, and the trailers seem lighthearted, so i'm hoping it'll stay lighthearted, right like uh, i want to compare it to the tale of nakdu where it started out really lighthearted and funny and i loved it and then it went way off the deep end and you're like oh shoot this is a melodrama mm-hmm. so i'm hoping this this will stay lighthearted throughout its run and if it does then it'll be really fun to watch yeah, it looks like a fusion saga, and those tend to be, I mean, they still have an element of uh, high stakes and probably some angst and sadness, but they don't tend to be like full on tragic the way that yeah. that like historical, like traditional sagas are. Yeah. But yeah, it looks really funny. I'm really, really excited for this. Okay. I have something to watch on my weekends after startup. Yeah, it, this is actually great. I mean, I mean, startups so far going pretty well. And yeah, Mr. Queen looks like this lot just seems charmed right now. So fingers crossed. Yeah. I also want to give out a shout out to uh, Bae Jung-ok, who doesn't get enough love, but she is always so good. And I can totally see her as the queen who wields the real power in the kingdom, who's like, oh, making yes. everything happen. You know, like she is such a she's such a boss. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> so oh. I hope she'll be a fun villain, you know. Wasn't she the the chief of the? Oh, you know, she she was basically the villain in that uh, movie that that graceful family. Right? Oh, I didn't. I that's didn't. I only watched like yes, one, yes, one yes. episode. Yes, that's that's who she was. I was I was trying to place her. That's who she was. Yes, <laughs> I also, loved her. There, she totally stole the show. <laughs> she also um, played like probably my favorite character in the in the police drama Live. Who has yeah, the, the storyline with her husband, like her husband, who like she's kind of estranged from. She's been in so much stuff and she's always good. She was like the creepy secretary in that winter the wind blows. Like she's been in a ton of stuff. I've also seen her on Variety and she's like amazing in real life. Like she's just mm-hmm. so cool. But yeah, so that's, yeah, that's very, very something. We're I've never finished. Yeah. Sorry, Go, go ahead, Proma. <laughs> 
I don't know who to finish. Oh, I, I wanted to say that I haven't watched, I haven't finished a Seguk in my life yet. So hopefully this will be the first one. Yeah. <laughs> if you have never finished one, you have to watch Rookie Historian at some point. Oh, wait, I did. That's the first one. <laughs> oh, you have? Okay, okay. Oh, that's good. That's okay. Um, also, I'll also give Moonlight Drawn by Clouds. Oh, no, it, it went, it went, it was, it started off really light and oh. then it went off in the way deep end you know with the angst and the drama I'm like oh shoot come on just communicate you know that that kind of angst I, I just can't anymore so I yeah. never finished light it's not everybody's cup of tea that's no. true it took me I think eight months to finish watching that like I was totally in it for the first six episodes yeah. that got a bit yeah. dark and then I needed to take a break and then come up come back and exactly I have just one concern about this drama and that's that I think the idea is that once Shin Hye-san, like the, the queen Kim So-young's body is inhabited by this modern man, he brings about changes in the palace, right? I suppose that's how the story is going to go. The, their current situation right now, as described by the synopsis, is that the king has no power because his mom probably wields all the power and his, his queen... Kim So-young is possibly just, you know, like a normal Joseon queen who is young and possibly doesn't have much power. So this this modern guy inhabiting her body is probably going to make her more assertive and make changes in the kingdom and all of that stuff. So you're essentially creating a situation where this this guy makes this woman more, I don't know, independent and assertive. I mean... Am I think overthinking this? Like theoretically, they are basically inserting the spirit of a man in a woman's body to make her more assertive. Is what I, I'm saying. I, I think I think we need to watch to see because sometimes you know the lines get blurred. Like it's I you know because my okay I'm going off in a tiny bit of a tangent, <laughs> but <laughs> the you know how the male lead will fall in love with the queen, right? So mm-hmm. it might be on the it's a bit homosexuality. But yeah, it's also they might blur off the line that maybe he is a woman, or do you get what I mean? So it uh-huh. might be on the long term that he he becomes like, oh, I am a woman. He identifies as a woman, and so that it's actually a woman. But- <laughs> I'm not I doubt that K dramas would go there. Yeah, yeah. No. No. it's K dramas. <laughs> okay, also, sorry. I, I have. I'm sorry. Have uh, a have they mentioned who's going to be playing the modern day like uh, Jang Pongkwan? I was trying to find it, but I couldn't figure it out. Like they don't have hiding that for the reason. So I guess we because they have the name of the character, but he's not listed as one of the actors. So I don't know mm-hmm. who plays him. But like I guess my concern is, <clears throat> did you watch? Oh my, was it? Oh my ghost, the one with yeah. um, Jang Jukseok. And yeah, yeah. where like oh my ghostess, um, I think oh my ghostess, like Kim Sogi is playing the like she's possessing the heroine basically, and like I couldn't at a certain point I couldn't watch it anymore because like if no I couldn't he was this. clearly falling in love with the ghost, not the girl. Yeah, yeah and just, I was yeah. like you're literally taking over this woman's life, and like poor thing, she's just being <sighs> possessed, and like you're and it was framed as like this cute romantic comedy, and I was like this is horrifying. I don't I know, couldn't, so, I couldn't finish it. Yeah, I also couldn't. Yeah. She might in that 
but oh sorry i'm i'm really sorry and imagine sorry. if this king is not in love with this queen but falls in love with her only after she's possessed and then and then he leaves and then he's like what happened to you i fell in love she's just like what you know <laughs> what might coma. make this fun though if it's a case of like like she is actually aware she her personality doesn't leave if it's like a shared brain situation where she is still there and he is also in her head and sometimes he has control over her body and sometimes she does so it's like you know like a kind of like a cohabitation thing but in her body which is freaky but at least gives us some measure of agency or agency yeah or or yeah. or he stays there for life you know like he decides he wants to stay there it could oh, be one God. of those situations where like she dies and then he enters her body <gasps> oh that's happened that's it, definitely it, it, happened. It, it, yeah, I've seen that in something else. I think it was maybe Rooftop Prince. I don't no, remember no, now. No, no, not Rooftop Prince, but we're <laughs> spending way too much time on one drama, by the way. Yeah, I <laughs> guess we are. <laughs> Dang it! What was it? Though, of course, you know, uh, it did kind of happened in the Scarlet Heart Goryeo. Oh, no, I didn't watch that. I mean, she like technically she goes from modern day and inhabits the body of this pre-Joseon woman. I mean, I kind of forget the period, and she. Like she pretty much takes over her body and just stays there for years, and then one day she just she dies, and then she comes back to the modern world. So it's like she basically just took over this woman's personality and wiped her out, and just lived her life for years. That's setting it back off. in history, <laughs> and then finally reemerged back in her time. And that was just I I like I kind of forgot about it. But later on, much later on, I was like, "What happened to the woman whose body she <laughs> took over?" That was never explained. All right. Well, we'll be back to talk more about this possession drama. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on <laughs> to the next to the next show. Yeah. Okay. So the next story. Uh, story. The, okay. The next drama is Run On, which is a JTBC drama that is going to be airing from December 16th, and it's we don't have information on runtime. We don't have information on the number of episodes. Let's just assume it's 16 because that's standard. It the cast has MC1 and Shin Sekyung. Who are they? MC1. Come on, Jungre from yeah. from Missing. How can you not know him? Oh, MC1. I have kicked seen out anything else. If I, I reject like, you, ages. you forget him. Oh, no, you so you got. <laughs> yeah, I what has he done since then? Man, oh, um, he had that creepy one that creepy he did. Show. Yeah, he did Hell as Other People. Oh, I watched um, him in Hell as Other People. How could I forget that? That was, that was oh, the one drama he's done since ARMY. So, like, he did Sang, then he did that really bad uh, remake of that movie that was, like, it was bad. And then and then he went to the <laughs> ARMY. <laughs> and then he did Hell as Other People. I'm really... I didn't... I don't watch horror, so I'm really excited to finally see him again on my screen because he's, he's so good. Same here. here. The sense. King in Love. Oh. The King in Love. That was the saga that he did. That was really. Oh, bad. I, I have not watched it. I don't have any interest in that one. But Shin Sekyung, of course, Shin Sekyung. Yes, yay! After Rookie Historian, I was kind of hoping she would do more historicals, though. <laughs> but she oh, is well. good. She is better in historicals. But honestly, I love her now. So yeah, I, I love her now too. But it's just that I, I really because the modern stories that she does tends to try and stuff her into this character that's. Like uh, very stereotypically modern city woman, and it doesn't fit her because yeah. she is just has this boy. They they try that to works with the they try to yeah. fit her into a role that like stereotypically matches exactly. somebody of her looks. 
Mm-hmm. But that's not her natural, like, that's not the personality, yeah, body language, with her, voice. No. Yeah. You want to read the, the synopsis first? I, 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 I do. <laughs> but thanks for reminding me. Okay. So this is a love story between, you know, Ki Song Kyom, who is in She Wan's character, and Oh Mi Ju, which is Shin Se Kyong. Oh, okay. So <laughs> Sang Kyom was once a popular sprinter for the national team. Due to a case, he quit the sport. He then begins to work as a sports agent. Meanwhile, Miju writes subtitle translations for movies. Oh, yay! A relatable <laughs> job. She was thrilled when she first saw her name as a translator during the end credits. She meets Song Kyung, who just quit being a sprinter. She feels they were destined to meet. Okay. Then you have Sodana, uh, who is the CEO of a sports agency. She is the only child of a man who runs Somyung Group. Somyung Group? Somyung Group. Somyung. Okay. The Somyung Group. <laughs> because of her gender, she is pushed back on the list of potential successors to the Somyung Group. She lives fiercely to take back what originally belonged to her. Lee Young Ha then appears in her life. He's a university student majoring in art. He likes movies and okay, I cannot pronounce this. Something I don't drawing. even I don't even know what that is. Cro- cro- croaky? Yeah, I've never heard of that before. Crocus. <laughs> okay, so cro- Crocus drawing. It looks like French. Croaky yeah. uh, is French, yeah. <laughs> So, do you know what that means? Trust me, you should have rescued um, us like five minutes ago. Kreki is uh, drawing a sketch. Ah, okay. See, we should ask the the francophone. Yeah, francophone francophone. (laughs) here. I'm a fake francophone because I only studied French in school and I forgot all of it. So, I've never studied it. I feel no responsibility for getting anything right. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) it's fine. There are two Canadians here. You don't have to (laughs) do any French. (laughs) I appreciate this. This is actually. Go ahead. I'm just a bit surprised because uh, I thought this was supposed to be like a two people romance, but seems to be like a foursome. So I guess you're going to get two couples here. That would be a refreshing change from like, you know, romantic rivals fighting for the same person and like love squares and all of that. I'm just a little tickled by the fact that this main character seems like Jangare part two because he's also like had to give up the dream competitive, you know, like a competitive game that he's been working on his whole life and now he had to quit and find a job so like we know he can do that yeah Um. (laughs) (laughs) he can do it really well yeah I mean the the plot seems a bit we you know been there than that but I like the actors because of Ricky Historian and me saying so I'll I'll I hope I'll find time to to look at look into it yeah, I think it's, again, one of those things that's like very dependent on execution. I'm not really familiar with the writer. As for the next drama, a Secret Royal Inspector starring Kim Young-soo, Kwan Nara, and Lee Kyung. It's about, it's set, it's also another Seguk. It's set in the Joseon era. Sun Yi-kyung, which is also Kim Young-soo, placed first in the state examination. He now works at the Hong Meng Wong Administration and Research Department. He doesn't have a goal or ambition in life. One day, Song Yu Kyung is caught gambling. As, punish- as punishment, he is uh, assigned to work as a secret royal inspector. His job is to eradicate illegal acts, corruption, and by public officers. He, car- he carries out his new job with the help of Hong Dian, that which is Kwang Nara, and Park Sun Sam, which is Lee Yi Kyung. Uh, Hong Dain is a female inspector and solves cases with Sung Yi Kyung. Park Sun Sam is Sung Yi Kyung's servant. 
Park Shunsam is talkative, effect, affectionate, and cheerful. Meanwhile, we have Sung Yi Byung, which is Lee Tae Hwan, and he's his younger stepbrother. Uh, the main character's younger stepbrother. His father is a nobleman and his mother is a slave. Due to his mother's low social status, his father does not accept him as his real son and he's barred for, from having certain opportunities. He opposes his older stepbrother, son Yikyum. So this drama will air on KBS on December 21st. And it's another, I mean... I'm not too excited about it because Kim Young-soo, I've never been able to finish any of his dramas. Yeah, However, he's... we have... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, just agreeing with you that he's unfortunately, sadly, usually can't keep up with the, the lead actresses that he's paired with. And it's always sad. However, we do have Lee Yi-kyung, who's who does po- uh, comedy extremely well, mm-hmm. right? So it, it, it might be a hit or miss thing kind of thing. Yeah, I kind of wish Lee Kang was the lead in this. Um, not gonna lie, but maybe it's an ins- ensemble cast more than more than like a male, like a sort of. Although the the title of the drama is literally the title of the main the main character, so that's probably a false hope. But Kwana is really. I was impressed with her in Itaewon class. Like she's actually pretty good. She was. I think she did a really good job with a kind of a limited character in Itaewon class. Lost me? Hey, hey, we lost you. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to say that. I mean, it's like I said, a hit or miss, and hopefully, it'll be in the hit part, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> hmm. I think this is probably going to be one of those where, like, I'm not going to watch it unless I hear really good things about it, and then I'll pick it up, kind of thing. It's not immediately exciting for me. I think it'll be one of those where it starts out really well and then ends up like the the show we were talking about earlier. <laughs> You're already predicting oh, it's no. doom. <laughs> let's oh, hope no. for good things. Yeah, let's hope for good things. Do you have any thoughts? Let's hope, let's uh-huh. hope it's kind of like maybe the crown cloud. Crown cloud? Crown, crown clown. Oi. <laughs> Which is dark, but not bad. Okay, yeah, so that's it. I, I, I'm not going to watch this, so I have no opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next one is uh, Sweet Home. I think we already talked about this, so I'm just going to quickly... I'm pretty sure we did. This yeah, but it's been a while. I think it was pushed quite a bit because of COVID. So it's just, like, if you recall, it's a, it's a horror drama about this kid who loses his entire family in a bad accident. And then he moves into this place, like an apartment, where and, like, creepy things start happening. And it's based on a webtoon. That's very, very popular webtoon. And I watched like a little clip that they made from the webtoon, like an animated, and it was like horrifyingly scary. So I'm definitely not watching it. But if you're interested in that, it's airing on December 18th. Yeah, that's that's all I have to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, nothing not watching. <laughs> not, not, and neither. that's, that's going to be on Netflix, uh, just FYI. Yeah. So. I, actually, you know what? I never know with um, horror because sometimes horror is shot so well that I have to watch it. <laughs> but Well, this um, is going to be shot well because this is the director of Mr. Sunshine, Goblin, and Descendants of the Sun. So, like... It's going to be pretty. Yeah. But also terrifying. No, so. no doubt. No doubt. But here's the thing. I can't plan to watch horror. It's If it's on Netflix, they'll probably push it at me at some point since they've, they have tracked that I have watched a lot of other horror stuff. <laughs> so when that happens and if it looks tempting, I will watch it. Yeah. You'll fall asleep while they're watching a rom-com and then it'll be like, <laughs> watch this next. And then it'll yeah. just autoplay. And then it'll be like, oh my God, it's 1 a.m. I'm never going to sleep again. <laughs> that is a very likely scenario. 
Okay. So the next one we have is an adaptation. It's called A Love So Beautiful. And it's, I think this is like the third adaptation of this uh, story. The one that I have watched was the Chinese. Oh, apparently that was the original story. And that was a couple of years back. And it's basically that old, you know, that whole playful kiss storyline. It's kind of like that. So we'll just go over the synopsis for this version. Kim Yohan will play... 17-year-old Cha Hyun, a student at Chunji High School who has both good looks and brains. He appears to be a cold-hearted character, but he's actually someone with a warm heart who is awkward at expressing himself well. So Ju Yun has been cast for the role of Shin So Yi, a bright and bubbly 17-year-old who has a crush on Cha Hyun. She openly confesses her love to Cha Hyun continuously and she is a clumsy but lovable character. Yeah, it's very, it started with a kiss. Even my sister, when I was making this, she was like, she she knows about it, apparently. She knows a lot yeah. of things. I mean, she, if, me if she's watched a Chinese version, even if she hasn't watched a Chinese version, it's just eponymous at, at, the, at this point. It's, it, it's She was everywhere. telling me that it's basically, it started with a kiss, but like slightly less problematic. Or like it's definitely less problematic. They grow up and there is no parents making younger kids uncomfortably you know, forcing them to spend time together type stuff. It's not, it, it, yeah, it's, it's very natural in that way. Like that the, both the girl who has a crush on this smart, cold-hearted boy and the boy, they are both pretty young when this stuff starts happening. And then they grow up, they go to college, they start working. There is this entire arc of growth on both their sides. And the starry-eyed crush doesn't just stay starry-eyed crush. However, The thing that always rubs me the wrong way with this kind of, with this particular archetype of, I don't even know what to call this because this is just, this is kind of like the Cinderella story, right? It's this one thing that, it's basically an archetype at this point. Also, the word I was, I wanted to use was ubiquitous, not whatever else I used. Eponymous. Eponymous. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So it's a, yeah, because the girl is always this charming, but you know, the creative type who is bad at studies and generally considered dumb and clumsy. And the boy is cold hearted and perfect. He's athletic and he is just, you know, scores the best and everything is easy for him, but he has a secret pain. And yeah, and so I'm, I'm oh, getting a bit carried okay. away, but yeah, I, I, I see the type. I mean, you know, sometimes some, you like to fall into the, the stories that we've, you know, sometimes it's your comfort zone kind of story. So if it's that kind of story that you're looking for, then I think this drama would be for you. Yeah, I mean, it's a trope for a reason. And there's a reason there's like eight remakes of A Start With A Kiss. It It is frustrating and there's a lot of issues with it but I do think that there's an appeal as well because it's sort of this like wish fulfillment fantasy kind of especially and I think it's something that probably appealed more when I was younger (laughs) and as I get older I'm just like uh but I have to say like I've watched many versions of this not this particular one which is adapted from a from a novel I think a Chinese novel but like the 
Like, so there was It Has a Kiss, like it was a manga and then it was an anime and then it was a Japanese drama. And then they made a new Japanese drama like 10 years later. They made a Korean drama out of it. But the Taiwanese adaptation was so good. And like it was it did have a lot of the problematic tropes, but they also like really explored things in depth. And the chemistry was so strong that like the heroine, the actor who played the heroine's father was like, just get married. <laughs> to his daughter he was like you guys should just get married and she was like we're just friends <laughs> like even he was like oh my gosh you you definitely it's it's he's the one but okay, it's yeah, joe I, tang I, I and ariel lynn so like i think because the cast like the main cast and that were so good and because season two actually went like into their married life and through their married life and them like negotiating this dynamic of what it actually means for him to be so smart that he's basically can't function uh, with other people normally and for her to be so not even dumb but like she's so lacking academically that like she struggles to even keep up in you know like a normal school setting and like the challenge of two people who fall in love who have that much of an intellectual gap and but then also like how they actually need each other and how their relationship works was actually kind of beautiful and like it made me cry so Mm -hmm. And the soundtrack is amazing. So, but I don't know, like, I feel like it, it could be horrible because, like, Playful Kiss was so upsetting. But to come back to A Love So Beautiful, the Chinese drama was actually really well made. It's, I mean, the, I forget the actress's name, but she she was also a, the, the uh, she was the, the Jandi of the Chinese version of the Meteor Garden. She she was a Meteor Garden as well. Oh, um, really? It's the, the same actress. Of a so it's funny. the same actress. And so she gets to do the heroine in both archetype adaptations. She was supposed to be this kid who's madly in love with this smarter senior who was just sweet to her a couple of times. And she just full on had this enormous crush on him and would pretty much stalk him. And it's her behavior was disturbing. <laughs> Oh, okay. But they do grow up. So that that is the aspect that I love. They actually become adults. They have working responsibilities. They mature. Her understanding of her own feelings matures. So it's a drama that I watched till the end because it redeemed itself and didn't just stick to the toxic aspects of that archetype. So we don't know much about, like, I can't find any details about the writer. All we know (laughs) is that it's going to air on Netflix. And it's, even though it's 24 episodes, their episodes are actually 20 minutes. So, oh, I didn't realize that they were so short. I wouldn't have, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't normally put stuff that's so short, but because I saw it was a remake of the Chinese one, I just figured it would be like a regular length. So I guess we'll find out. I'm also not familiar with this cast at all. Oh, I've seen the girl, the main girl in Dr. Romantic. So for me, seeing her all of a sudden playing a high school student is a bit uh, like, what the heck? You know, she was a doctor and now she's a high school student. So it's like, wow, that's different. But she's good. (laughs) She's okay. Okay. So I guess we'll find out if that's uh, become, if it becomes, sometimes these types of stories, like they just air and they kind of dissipate into the ether. And sometimes it comes out and like everyone is talking about it for like weeks. So I guess we'll find out which of the two it is. Yeah. It ends up being really cracked. Um, the next drama we wanted to talk about was a uh, drama world two. It's, it's set in Los Angeles and Seoul and tells the story of an American college student, Claire Duncan, who is a huge fan of Korean dramas. So right up my alley. However, she gets to be more than a fan when she suddenly finds herself within the world of her favorite drama. Oh, have you okay. watched season one of this? No. <laughs> uh, just me. Okay. So 
That's no. why it sounds good, but it's actually quite terrible. Okay. <laughs> quite horrifying. It's like a co-US and Korea production, but like, uh, it, it's, it's kind it's of... written by American writers. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and you lose the magic that we, we sought out to watch in the actual Korean drama. Okay. Okay, so what I don't understand is like, how did they get Daniel Day Kim and like, I like... I don't know who Brett Gray is, but Henry Lau. <laughs> Sorry, I just don't watch American TV. I'm sure he's he's a good actor. I just don't recognize him. But like they have, and they have like Haji Wan in that. Like, where did they, they get have, this amazing cast? They have, <laughs> they have Wudohan. They had in the first one. Oh, I they did. The, but Wudohan probably... wasn't big back then, so no, I know he was tiny. He was in there. I didn't. But they didn't have like Justin Chan was in the original one, and he got bigger after Drama World. And yeah, John Richard. Um, was in the original one too but the i mean i'm i'm just very i'm very curious to know and and honestly like it's gonna air on vicky and the only thing we know is that it's supposed to come out in december so who even knows but i know they're finished filming it so it probably will air when they want it to air i think we should just watch this as a sociological experiment (laughs) (laughs) that's not a good sign but yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i just remember watching the trailer of the first one and feeling like Yay! Representation! Except not. Man. I know. Except not at all. I was oh. also excited to watch it and then I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, well, we'll see. I, I'm probably just going to watch it because, because I, I hate myself, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's like one of those things where like, I'm so curious and I have like a 1% hope that it might actually be entertaining watch. watch. until you can't watch anymore. Well, it's Did probably going to be short. The original one was very short, too. Okay. Yeah, it's just eight episodes. Maybe they changed the writer and director. <laughs> one can hope. I don't think so. I think it's the same team. Oh, no. And also, it's the same actress who, like, since that, like, I think she's been in a couple of American TV shows since then. So I don't know if she's improved. But at the time, like, I was not impressed with her acting at all. Mm. But maybe she's gotten better. It's been a okay. couple of years. Who knows? So. Okay, so I, I I think we've we've seen what I mean. We've covered all the the dramas that we wanted to the upcoming dramas. Yeah, thank you for being such an active participant and like you you became like a like a like a third co-host. Oh no, it's fine. I'm sorry I had to leave there for a second. Uh, yeah, it's okay. No one will even notice. People <laughs> won't even know. It's the magic of editing. Exactly. Yeah. So where can we find you on the internet? Just me. Oh, I'm, you can find me on Twitter. Be just me. Just me on Twitter. I'm very active. So if you want to comment or anything or follow, I'm, yes. I'll be there. Yes, definitely. <laughs> she tweets a lot about K-dramas. And it's, always, yeah. it's always good. And you can yeah. also find her post about More Than Friends on the Dramas Over Flowers blog. Which we will link below in the description. Yes. So you okay. know what an... <laughs> excellent and smart person she is oh no okay (laughs) i'm gaining confidence right now yes you should she's also a healthcare worker so like send her lots of love and prayers (laughs) you know she's doing something really important especially right now thank you for having me everyone it it was our pleasure entirely hopefully next time we'll be doing this with saya yes yes okay oh you can find us on twitter at dramas overflow you can find me on Twitter at Festa Faster. And you can find me on Twitter at Anisa Khalifa underscore. And you can find Saya on Twitter at Not Now Saya. And you can find us on Instagram at Dramas Over Flowers underscore. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Dramas Over Flowers and our website, 
and blog is dramasoverflowers.net. Yes. And finally, Dramas Over Flowers is now part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. I love your news announcer voice. <laughs> I just, you were reading I just one of the summaries. Right I was it. like, she has a news. And I was like, what is that tone? I was like, oh, it's like the news announcer. All right. That's all for What's Up in Trauma Land for this Thanks month. Thanks guys. And Thank, you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.